Welcome to Garage Night. I'm Randall. I'm Jeff. I'm Andy. And tonight, uh, we'll reminisce about the past. Andy will talk about the present. And our guest, Daniel, will share his future. Yeah, so let's let's get right into it. Um, yeah, things come and things go. So, uh, Jeff, what uh, <laughs> what past are we are we uh, going to reminisce about a little bit to open the show? Oh, um, I well, I sold the Mustang. How long did you have that? Uh, twelve and a half years. So, the end of an era. <laughs> Is that the longest any of us owned a vehicle? I had the six for ten years. How long have you had blue? Ranger. I've had blue for 15 years now. Ooh, winner, winner. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's as long as I've had, well, almost as long as the family, I guess, has had the Bronco. Um, so, but yeah, the Mustang was, was with me for a while, for a hot minute. And uh, yeah, now it's, now it's been a week and it's been gone. And I miss it. So how? <laughs> you, 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 you haven't the driven it for months, and you miss, miss it the first the, week it's gone. I miss the uh, I miss the good times in the car. I I, I would like I started watch, rewatching the old uh, Superior Stangs beach cruises and stuff, and like looking at all the old pictures and stuff. It was it was a good time. It was a good time for the car to go though, because it was just sitting at the house, like you know, getting getting worse every year. So the the new owner's already put uh time into it like he's already uh you know uh cleaning it up and stuff yeah so that, he, that's uh, nice to know yeah he he was really excited about it he's been texting me kind of staying in touch with me and sending me updates as he does stuff you know it's kind of cool to see i know there's some stuff that we've talked about that i don't like i'm not like 100% aligned with what he wants to do but i'm i you know it's his car man i'm fine with it it's as long as he's not like some kid wrapping it around a pole. I'm pretty happy with it. And, you know, he seems passionate about the car. He thinks it's just the best thing and super nice and drives really great. So, um, you know, he pulled the subwoofer out of it and he took the window tint that was on there off, which all is all good stuff, but he's going to put, you know, some really dark window tint on it, which I'm not like, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah that's okay. No, that's fine. But, you know, he, he, so you're he saying he already made it faster. He already made it faster. Yes. <laughs> how, how many years? How many, how many have years have we been saying that, that you need to do that? Yeah, a long time. <laughs> <laughs> there was a little part of me that really never wanted to, um, because I felt like it was giving me better weight distribution and better cornering, which I think it really did. Um, that car handled really good. Like, I, I went out and tried to drive the Chevy like I drive the Mustang, and it just, it just didn't fly. <laughs> so you're, you're you're saying the Fox did good with little things? What? <laughs> you saying the Fox did good with little things? Sure. sure. <laughs> but uh but yeah, the the Mustang like it it just was super pointy in the corners. It was really fun. It was like it was like a good like 70% of what the 540 is. Yeah, the the so the Chevy, you got to remind me, I know I've asked this. Uh what steering setup did you put in the Chevy? It's a Mustang 2 uh set up so it's a it's a i'm not familiar with the car what is what is that what is that (laughs) (laughs) points for accuracy it was a mustang also yes (laughs) oh so just like your fox it was also a mustang suspension it was also a mustang suspension yes uh so that's is that rack and pinion or is that because yeah it's it's a manual rack and pinion uh you know double wishbone um uh you know it's got a shim style, um, you know, alignment. So it's, uh, I want I mean, to digress a little bit. 
because I was I was trying to think. I'm like, well, maybe that's why the the fox felt better handling wise. Um, is you know if the if the Chevy had like a like a a gearbox style steering. But then I remembered we've already kind of debunked that a little bit, yeah. Because the five series has a box, yeah, uh, versus rack and pinion. So since we have Daniel in, he has a different kind of experience with with cars. Um, Daniel, what's your experience on on driving different cars and feeling the the difference in steering between like a gearbox and a rack and pinion? Is there a car that you can kind of pull out that? Uh, you were able to kind of spot a, a market difference there. I mean, there was definitely a step up. I had a '99 one uh, back in high school, the '99 GT. And, um, I mean, that was it was, and then I went up to the Mill Five and the GT, and uh, that one was not stock. I mean, that's just an accurate representation. Um, and uh, then I'm kind of going to go um, you know, having a structure I would say the charger at work, which was in 19, um, but that's an all wheel drive model, right? It is an all wheel drive, model, which is different. Um, but those are all rack and pinion cars, uh, so that's kind of interesting because even the F 150. Uh, if my memory serves me right, is still a rack and pinion uh, it is, on yes. IFS. And do they, um, uh, on those cars, Daniel, are those a V8 or are those a 6? They're an 8. They're an 8. For for our, our new listeners, uh, our, our guest today is uh, old buddy Daniel, uh, who I know from way back in high school, and he was part of Superior for a, a, a number of years, had a couple of Mustangs and uh mm-hmm. He's now a, a police officer, so he's he's talking about their, you know, pursuit uh, chargers that he that he drives daily. So yeah, those are those are all Hemi's, I believe. Yeah, yeah. they are. It's the five seven, yeah. But it's uh, I don't know. Th- those are the best ones that I've driven, as far as if you're talking about steering, as far as you know, point and go. Because those have beefed up beefed up suspension as well as uh, kind of easier breathing engines uh, they don't beef up the suspension they beef up the brakes is it just the brakes just the brakes okay uh so the engine's actually stock and then the suspension is stock but um but yeah i mean those i i've never had any issues uh, especially coming into corners at speed it's it's pretty much point and go as long as you're not um as long as you're <laughs> executing corners correctly and everything like that <laughs> then it's so, so uh, one, i've never had an issue with them you know one thing that is is different between you know something like uh my chevy rack and pinion setup versus your charger or randy's you know i'm gonna call it an m5 um and my uh my mustang i know you don't need that compliment do you that ego stroke there but um I also don't don't need the uh, S sixty two engine with its uh, you know valve stuff every fifteen thousand miles. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> but but if you look at the geometry of those of the suspension on those cars, I mean they all have very um, high positive offset wheels to match their um, high uh, 
I think it's a negative scrub radius. So um, that a lot of that changes how those cars behave. And then of course they all have different factory alignment specs, you know, whereas what I'm trying to do with kind of my hot rod is keep it period looking. So I've got a zero offset. I've got a, you know, 75 series 215 tire on the front. So, you know, it's kind of hard to compare, you know, kind of the hot rod thing to like a modern car where they're, everything's kind of precision done and calculated, whereas I'm kind of off the cuff, you know, winging it. Um, but I mean, it does, it does say, you know, just the, the testament of, uh, to how, how good new cars are, um, you know, with their, how dialed in their suspension is, especially something as heavy as a, as a charger where you can make it out handle, you know, um, just about anything out there on the road, you know, especially a pursuit car like that. Um, that they can not only handle, but they can also, you know, go as fast as they want to go. Um, Daniel, would you say that it's still fun to drive? Like, do you, does it still have that engaging kind of feel? You know, can you feel the weight of the car? Does it feel, you know, nimble, or is it? Can you feel? Uh, can you feel the heft? Does it feel like it plows a little? Like, what do you? What do you think? Oh, it definitely plows a bit. You you can feel the weight. So those cars with me in them are about forty two hundred pounds. And, uh, they're definitely, um, when you're going around sharper corners or hairpins or things like that, you, you feel it, especially if you come into the corner a little too hot, but do you think the all wheel drive has, has a portion to do with that? Have you driven a rear, a rear drive, uh, one before I did, uh, I had a rear drive when I went through all my training in Eastern Oregon. So, um, did that was pushed too. I'm driving the rear wheel drive car in the snow for the most part. Um, but that was uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're definitely heavy, but they don't do bad. And most of the work I do, to be fair, is is on more open roads. But no, they're 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 very nice to drive. I, I have no issues with it. It doesn't feel like a sports car though. Um, when you're talking about, uh, you definitely you feel the weight. They're heavy cars. So how would you how how would you describe it if it's not a sports car? Because I mean it's a big sedan. Would would you classify it as like a like a big four door family car, or is it more like a low? Because I've heard it referred to as like a a low slung SUV sort of a feel to it. Almost, it has more of a I would say almost a muscle car feel because okay. you can um, especially with the all wheel all wheel drive. Like I just put my foot down when I want to. And, and it hooks up well enough. Um, and it's, you know, it's loud enough that it kind of, uh, it, it almost has a muscle car feel to it. Um, you know, you definitely know that you're not driving, um, you're not driving a sports car. You can, there is a difference. It's the pony car muscle car thing that, that always was through the 60s. You know, and a Mustang and a Camaro were always different than a, uh, a Barracuda or a Charger. They were, they were definitely, uh, um, a lot of people saw them as the same, but if you drive them there, it's one is the Miata and the other one is, you know, the, the big, burly, heavy brute. No, it, it definitely is. Um, there's a big difference in weight, obviously, between pony and muscle cars, and mm. um, and, and I would say, yeah, that's uh, it, it's kind of a weird combination that ends up working well um, because you have modern technology in those vehicles, so it 
uh, you know, and it's an automatic. So I'm, um, you don't have to do much, but it's, uh, it definitely, it feels heavy, especially if you're, I would say the, the main times I realize it, um, are, are just, if you're coming into a corner too hot or if yeah. you're, uh, um, or if you're, you're trying to come, come down hard on the brakes, um, you feel the whole car lurching and it's, uh, and you can tell it's heavy at that point, but yeah, momentum, but it's no, they handle fine. Um, you can go in and out of traffic and, and all of that, uh, just fine. It is. I've never had any issues with it that way. All right. To, to bring it, bring it back in a little bit. I'm going to ask Andy if he, uh, um, has any, either any questions about like, my, you know, my question would be, what does Jeff thinks he's, he's going to miss the most from the Mustang? But I was wondering if Andy maybe had a favorite story uh, after Jeff answers that, if he has like a favorite story he'd like to tell uh, about the Fox, something that, that comes to mind. Um, so Jeff, first of all, what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think you're going to miss the most? Is it the point and flick uh, kind of uh, short wheelbase, narrow track? Because uh, that's kind of what you were mentioning. Is that what you're going to miss, or or do you think there's more of a uh, something that's harder to put a finger on? Just kind of the the vibe, I suppose, of the car. What do you think? Uh, that's a good question, man. It's uh, it's it's weird, you know. When I've driven that car like I have for as long as I have, you kind of, I mean, you kind of just know how the car is going to behave in in almost every situation. And that might sound a little arrogant, but it's like. When I'd go out on the back roads that I drive super regularly, I would push that car to its limit regularly, like all the time. So it was basically, for me, uh, I would be, it, it was my Forza, it was my Gran Turismo, you know, like I would get in that car and I would hit shifts, I would apex corners, you know, I would, I would, and I knew, I knew exactly what the car was doing at all times, you know, and I knew when the back end would step out. And I really miss having a car that I can do that with, where I can push it and feel confident that I'm not pushing it too far. And I could, you know, I could drop it down in the, in the second or third, you know, and I could just listen to the, to the VA kind of just torque itself up, you know, and get up into that four or 5,000 RPMs. And then, you know, I miss the notchiness of the shifter. You know, I don't have another five speed. Everything I have is either three on the tree or automatic. So it's like, I kind of, I miss that spirited driving. Um, and, you know, as, as infrequently as I did it, it was super rewarding when I would do it. So, you know, it was just that balance, you know, and I, I got a lot of that driving your 540, you know, and it was like the first time I ever drove a car. I, I like, I figured like that car had such a great suspension that it, it kind of, it spoke to me really well, you know, I could, I could really drive it. But the, uh, I don't know, the Mustang just always had a very, a very, sorted suspension and so i think the what i'll miss most about it i don't miss you know commuting in it i don't miss the maintenance and the work because it always needed something but it i i really will miss just the going out and just being able to just beat the snot out of the car and smile my ears off for you know half hour 45 minutes and then drive home with the music on and the and the ac on or whatever and just not worry about it you know that that was kind of fun um, but that said, after driving your 540, I realized I could have that same amount of fun for a uh, tenth of the price. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, 
it, it's bittersweet. You know, I had a lot of good memories, especially with you guys. Like, I mean, I had that Mustang back when Daniel had his 99 GT before he met uh, Andy. Um, and uh, I mean, I remember going out and driving around with Daniel uh, a few times in our uh, in our Mustangs back when we were 17, uh, eight, no, 18. Um, and, uh, just, you know, going out, having a good time. Mine was an automatic, his was a five speed, you know, I was always trying to keep up with him. So, but it was fun, you know, it was just, uh, a lot of memories there. So a lot of, a lot of stuff done to it over the years. Um, but you know, I don't, it's one of those things, you know, it's kind of a weight off my shoulders too. So it's, uh, I don't have to maintain it. I don't have to worry about it deteriorating further, you know, it, it's, it's bittersweet, you know. It was it was a great car, and I, I will miss the the uh, the fun drives, you know, um, that we used to take. That and the Chevy's great for that, but it's it's just not the same. I can't push it like I can the Mustang. I don't know it as well, and it, it doesn't have the capabilities, you know. So do you do you have a uh, a plan to replace it at this point, or are you gonna funnel that money towards uh, non automotive or towards your um, projects that are all kind of in stasis? <laughs> um, well, at this point, um, I know I just sent you guys a uh, red fin listing for a house. So uh, I was going to just enjoy sitting on money for a while. And if the house thing pans out, then that might, it might go that way. We'll just have to see. That's a, that's a super uncertain thing right now. But um, <clears throat> my plan was basically to sit on it you know, have a little money in the bank, not buy anything else in the near term, finish my projects, put the interior together in the Bronco, finish putting the engine together, do the interior in the Chevy, and then just like stop for a while and just enjoy uh, a bunch of working vehicles. But I, I eventually want to build something for overlanding and camping, uh, you know, and go out with the three of you guys um, and go out and, you know, drive from here to Idaho on nothing but dirt sounds awesome to me so i yeah, love but it, it wasn't earmarked for anything in particular no it wasn't like i was going to go spend that money and go you know buy something else it was kind of a i threw it up on craigslist six months ago um i got a lot of offers for 10 and 12 you know and people were like oh, it's not worth that i'm like well it is uh you obviously don't know the market so uh if you're not going to be real realistic then don't bother don't waste my time you know and yeah. um I think, you know, the guy that ended up buying it had, had gone out and seen what, was, seen what was available for, you know, 10 and 12 and realized that you're not going to get anything worth having at that price. So, um, so it was just kind of up there. I, I honestly, I didn't expect to sell it. It was kind of came out of the blue. I was actually going to tell my parents that posted it on Craigslist and I was, I was just going to tell them, hey, don't renew the listing. It's, it's winter. We'll do it this summer. I'll put it on, bring a trailer or something, you know, whatever. And then um right before the listing expired that's when i got the guy interested in it so you know hey it all kind of worked out it was it was unexpected it was stressful but uh it's uh it's all good in the end you know i, I like not having to worry about it anymore um, and I honestly with the amount of uh, uh crime and stuff that's been going on i i'm kind of grateful that it's gone because i have a feeling it would have gotten broken into with uh string of uh break-ins that have been happening here lately and uh we just had a guy prowling our house last night or uh, not last night a, a couple of nights ago 
and the neighborhood, you know, looking into people's windows and shit, trying to steal stuff. So, um, it's just a, it's just a bad time to have extra vehicles on the side of your house with, you know, that are worth some money. So it's, it's kind of more of a liability than an asset at this point. Yeah, that makes sense. So before we, uh, <clears throat> before we time travel up to the present, uh, Andy, did you have a, a story you wanted to tell? Cause I've already told the, my main story a couple of times about when I first met Jeff with his, uh, with his, his car coming up and pissing off my uh, family's neighbors and, uh, and uh, doing a one wheel peel. Um, but Andy probably has. Yeah. I did. Well, the, 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 I can't call it a burnout when it's a one wheel peel, but that was down off of uh, uh, Telford. Um, I think the same night, but that was, that was a separate oh. entity. So Andy, what do you, what do you got what do you got for us as we segue away? There there's there's so many d- good different ones. I mean, we've we've talked about a bunch of them already, but um, <laughs> probably one of one of the the better ones that I don't think we've touched before was um, we were going to take me and Jeff were rolling in the Fox um, around my parents' house kind of area in Clackamas. And we were going to uh, find a good place to take some pictures of the car at night. Oh! And I was like, "Oh, I know this good place." And this was this was mind you, this is right after Jeff had uh, we had put HIDs into the Fox, and the Jeff's headlights didn't have glare shields in it, so they were brighter than the sun, basically, <laughs> and glared really bad. And I was like, "Oh, I know a good place. There's this, you know, this is a good place." Um, you know, where they're building new houses, but it's just roads. There's no houses yet. What it's time was good. it? This was God. This had to be like midnight. It was, it was like two 30. Was it that late? <laughs> it was He's... super late. Yeah. No, that's right. Cause it was after we went to the track that night, didn't we? Yeah. We weren't was... even at the bar. We were, yeah. we were at the track and then I think we went and hung out at the pool hall. And yeah. Then, uh, came back. Yeah. Yeah. So like, oh yeah, well, there's this good place. We'll go take, uh, some, some pictures. It's on this, on the top of this hill. It kind of overlooks the valley there. <clears throat> like, oh, we'll go up here. So we go and we we turn up that way, and sure enough, like we turn up the road to go up towards uh, towards this spot, and <clears throat> there's a, a a county deputy sitting there on the on the road watching for people to come by because apparently recently people had been going up there and drinking and doing donuts and sh- all this kind of shit, you know, causing a ruckus. And we turn up there and just lights just light the guy up. He's sitting there all lights off and just just lit up the car. And Jeff's like, "Oh fuck!" I'm like, "Yep." He's like, "It's gonna happen." I'm like, "Yeah, we're getting pulled over." And like 30 <laughs> seconds later, yeah, we're getting pulled over. Oh yeah. <laughs> and yeah, like not, nothing ended up coming of it. And he's like, uh, "Yeah, there's been problems with people up here, but uh, you DJs need to move it along." Pretty much. He- <laughs> He like checked my window tint and Andy was like, he like, he stuck his knife and my knife on the dash and he's like, keep your hand on the wheel. You'll put your knives on the dash and let him know first thing. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And uh, he was like, he was like looking in our eyes, checking if we were drunk. And, yeah, like, that know. for sure. We were fucking too like drunk oh, college yeah, kids or some totally shit you know, like 2.30 in the morning. Yeah, yeah. I would have pulled this over too, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a suspicious looking car with bright ass headlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that's a that's a funny memory we haven't touched on. Um, yeah, <laughs> I forgot all about that. 
<laughs> I've been pulled over nine times in that car. Good lord, that's more than me. Hey, we still never hit uh, double digits. I know, I know. It's crazy to think that I was pulled over that. And honestly, I got one ticket out of all of that. One time, I was legitimately like, I was on the phone, and I got I got a ticket for being on. the Yeah, phone. of all the things you could have got a ticket. I was for. sitting at a stoplight, and Shelly called me when she had her wisdom teeth pulled, and so I was talking to her, making sure she was okay and didn't need me back at the house. And then a motorcycle cop pulled me over. But every other time, it's been like. You looked like you were going pretty fast. You were going five over in a sixty-five. You know, your headlights were yeah. on. You're missing your front plate, like, and it, and like my other cars, they just like, eh, whatever. But blue and white Mustang, you might as well put a bullseye on your on your uh, bumper, dude. I swear, I won't miss no, that. <laughs> so, Andy, you have something uh, that you've gained. You've gained something in the stable. Uh, it's not a Mustang, but it is in the same family. Yes, we are. We put the uh, we put the Mazda out the pasture finally. Good riddance. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're back to a four Ford stable again. Man, if you count man. if you count the uh, if you count the truck that's here on and off the in laws, but. Uh, we yeah we got rid of the Mazda and picked up a twenty one Explorer XLT. Nice, because you you guys drove the uh, the ST. Uh, we've got an episode a few a few back uh, where you kind of did a full almost a road test. Uh, on yeah we did on a, we did an overnighter with the ST. Um, the ST is such a good car. It's just I couldn't justify twenty grand more for an ST. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot more. This is a it's lot a more lot. affordable, and it still has all of the basic. I would expect all the basic things that were right <clears throat> with the car are still yeah. there. The only the only thing we really didn't get, um, Jessica really wanted like the dual moonroof. We didn't get that. Um, and the only thing we really didn't get aside from that is like is the um, the upgraded technology package upgrade that's got the. The ver- like the ten inch vertical screen versus the smaller six six inch horizontal oriented screen. Yeah, um, yeah. and the tech package has like comes with like a, it's got a couple extra like cameras as far as like backup and pulling out uh, cameras that have like a hundred and eighty degree field of view. Yeah, but all that. That stuff. that's really about it. That was really the only sacrifice. I have most of that stuff on the uh, on the old X five, and you know, most of it's neat gadget that you don't use day to day like we've got the around view and i've used it like not for fun but actually used it maybe three times in the year that we've had it uh i mean the 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 returns are certainly not there for you know the 10 grand that you would spend for those cameras and uh you know i had to go out and source one of the cameras because one of them was uh was was broken on the mirror so i had to go source one and if i would have let bmw do it and put a new mirror on and stuff. It was going to be twelve hundred dollars for a new uh, side mirror with the camera. Um, Jeez, that's crazy. Yeah, you can find. I, I found one for one hundred and fifty, and had them install it. So it was less than three hundred bucks. But uh, yeah, that kind of stuff can just be more trouble than it's worth anyway. Um, but like the rest of it's all there. I mean, you still got the the size and the steering is going to be pretty much the same. Uh, other Pretty much, it's, be... it's still got, yeah, it's still got um, all the same kind of, you know, power plants and all that. It's got the two, three EcoBoost versus the ST has the 
I believe it's a three liter V6. Um, so not as much, it's a hundred less horsepower basically, but um, in all reality, even in sport mode, it's still like peppy enough to keep me happy. So I'm not that overly sad something. that we didn't get the ST. Um, <clears throat> it's still got the same, the same 10 speed transmission. Um, I still got a sport mode and it's still, you know, decently peppy. So, and heated seats. And heated seats, yes. It didn't Ooh. that was the other the other thing. And um it didn't have like the ST has ST and the Platinums have heated and cooled seats and steering wheel and the XLT only has the heated seats, not the cooled, not the end of the world for me, but that was the only really other thing we didn't get with it. But I'm not overly sad we didn't get cooled seats. It's not a big deal breaker for me. And in the real world, you know, you are balancing, you know, twenty thousand dollars means means something. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Like twenty thousand. Like if you think about it, like that's another vehicle, possibly. You know, it, it absolutely is. That's that's kind of my budget coming up. Really, the only thing you're gonna. Right, right. You know, and this will even tow. You know, small stuff too. We've got the class three package. Um, you know, it'll it'll still tow too. So that satisfies that need even. Um, class three is up to thirty five hundred, I think, which is still a a nice size enclosed trailer with some stuff and I like that'd still be a great camping rig. Yeah, like, yeah. Well camping rig, small boat or jet ski or something, who knows, like, you know, what we're gonna use it for, totally fine. So um overall happy with it. The the Mazda outgrew itself in a hurry this last year and it was just time for it to go. Yeah, it served it served its purpose. You know, you guys have yeah. tried out uh because you, you had a just a few years ago you had the Hyundai Tucson, then you had the the right, Ma, uh, you know the Mazda three, and now you're up to an Explorer, and you're kind of finding, you know, what's appropriate yeah. for where you live and what you're what you're up to at the, the time. The even the the biggest win is so from the the old generation, they they did a kind of a refresh in 2020 and 21 on the Explorer, uh, went from front wheel drive back to rear wheel drive, so yep. it frees up some Thank, space. Thanks to and, Yep. Yep. And it actually gets you more room in the second row versus the 18 than prior. And we specifically got the one we bought was one of the few that was in our price range that actually had the second row captain's chairs versus a bench. Oh, and it gives, it gives you a lot more room in the second row. And also for uh, our daughter, she has, you know, way more room getting her in and out and her uh, leg room for her. Like we can, she can be in there and have her feet, you know, totally like extended in her car seat and not and not hitting the seat in front of her and the passenger in front still having 100 percent leg leg room in the front. Like I can be riding passenger with my wife driving and I can completely stretch my legs out and my daughter can't hit my seat. That's how much room it has. Wow. So that was that was like the really the biggest straw there is that everybody has room and we could literally like throw a bag in and drive to Florida tomorrow. No problem. Yeah, with that, with that room uh, in that second row, I mean, that gives you access to everything in the back. You fold down the third row and have captain's chairs. You can exactly get to anything because that's always the problem with us is if, you know, anything that we load into the X5 first with, you know, just two rows up, uh, you know, that's all you can't get to that. You, right. you just can't, especially with car seats in it. It keeps keeps it from moving because we, we're running. Yeah, you're right. You're fixed. Yeah, there's no moving it. And even the captain's chairs will even they even slide and have about a foot of travel uh, that on sliders that they can go back and forth. So between that 
and and the hatch on the back, you can probably grab just about anything you need to from the store. Pretty much. Right. Right. Wow. And and we won't use the third row that often. It will more than likely stay folded, but the being the third row folded gives us room for the dogs in the back too. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. And but you have the option, which is which is nice. Right. Yeah, it yeah, water like checks all the boxes. Now have we killed have we killed Jeff? Is he worried sick about technology and these new cars that have a hundred computer chips in them? Uh, 50 to 100. <laughs> I, I have zero worries because I won't ever buy one. So I'm not the guy yeah. that has to worry about it. Right. A new car probably has a, a bumper to bumper for 36,000 miles, right? Yeah. Yeah. 336 on it. Yeah. And then. Um, that's the the main, and then the, the extended's the five for six sixty. I think I can't remember exactly. And so yeah, we talked about it a little bit. That. We talked about it a little bit, and I think you agreed that you're going to have Ford install some two to four inch lift springs and some thirty three inch mud trains on there, right? <laughs> uh, it's debatable. <laughs> you I, I, I doubt. I doubt it will get lifted. Until at least it's paid off, guaranteed. But little little, little look into our, our recording booth. As soon as uh, he said debatable, he looked to the side where I'm assuming he's checking checking to see if it light hurt him. <laughs> I I legitimately don't want to lift it. I don't want to sacrifice a single thing on it because it's not my driver. It's Jessica's. But there there could I I mean when I get some new wheels for it eventually i might put ko2s on it would be the extent of all i mess with it yeah i'll tell you there's there's a lot you can do without sacrificing very much ride and usability oh yeah um, like you can put on like being in uh in idaho you guys do get snow like and it's heavy snow it's not mid mid midwest snow so if you want it to be winter ready you kind of have two options you either run two sets of wheels and tires summers and Which winters is probably what i'll do or you get all terrains, you just run them all year long, and you sacrifice a little bit uh, of comfort, not much, mind you, but a little bit um, for uh, not having to keep an extra set of wheels and swap them out and go to the place and do all the thing. Um, mm-hmm. So that's something you'll, you'll figure out. But either way, you can run, I think it's Michelin makes the Defender, uh, and yeah. Goodyear makes a makes like an all season Wrangler that have yeah. thicker sidewalls and they're just tough tires, uh, but they're still highway tread, so they're still quiet. They're still mostly comfortable, but they don't. The sidewall doesn't bend through the corners, and if you're going to go out on gravel roads and on some light trails, you're less likely to pinch uh, or pop the uh, the tires. And that's kind of the direction I'm leaning on going with our. RX five is, is having just some beefier tires on there, but maybe not all terrains, but we're coming up on 30% tread. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've got time before I wear this, that that's on it down before I even get close to making that decision anyway. Those OEMs will go 60,000 miles on, on the, on the tires nowadays that they put on there. They're super hard tread so that people don't have to worry about it. Um, so, you know, at that point, usually you do end up getting some steel wheels and uh, like Blizzax or Isex uh, winter tires because yeah. they do work. Yeah, I was like, 
Yeah, I was leaning towards getting a set of Blizzax or something, probably. Yeah, but those things have been great. I don't, I don't need them this year at this point, but probably for next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, you can put roof rails on it, and uh, you can get a, a CVT rooftop tent like I have, and that's something <laughs> you can take back off and put up in the rafters and just put on when you want to go, and you can do, uh, uh, you know, aluminum skid plates. These are all things that won't affect drivability but will make yeah. it more capable if you guys want to do more more active stuff gives you the yeah the, the, the yeah i definitely i'm definitely going to look for some skid plate setups um and the, the other thing it doesn't have is it it doesn't have um any like fog lights or anything it's kind of just got like plastic inserts whereas the sd has in like in the lower grill around the bumper has fog lights so I'll look for something aftermarket to replace those, you know, a little bit more lighting capability. Yeah, and a popular car like that probably has a, a number yeah. of, of viable options out there. I would imagine, yeah. I mean, it's a, yeah, the refresh was in 20, so they've had a year and a half to, you know, come up with aftermarket stuff. Well, I, bet, I bet dollars to donuts, someone on like Shapeways has a, uh, we one of those inserts that they three 3D printed to hold like a rigid two by two uh exactly uh, light bar in there in each one yep. so yep that was my thought yep the uh you know i i rode in uh in shelly's parents explorer which is a 2020 and it's almost identical to yours except i don't think it has heated seats yeah. um and it has a, the 2.3 uh eco boost and that that gets up and goes pretty good you know for what it, it does is. and it's yeah it's, it's really quiet inside and i i think that they did a really good job with the dash layout it's not it's not cluttered like you would expect like the old like 2012 to 2016 focuses and fiestas were really cluttered yeah you know it's it's a lot cleaner and simpler but a lot of new cars have gotten that way they're they've got a, gotten rid of a lot of buttons and put them all on the touch screen which is uh, good for cleanliness and just you know visual appeal, um, which is kind of nice. Yeah, that and that was another thing that I really liked about it is that it wasn't just everything thrown onto like a screen, like a Tesla or um, like my parents have a, a Cadillac, you know, GM stuff. Who a lot of it's kind of like uh, it's a weird setup as far as like how they use the Cadillac you know, infotainment. Like, is the infotainment, it's terrible. Oh and and yeah, this really it's a very well-balanced amount of, you know, tactile manual dexterity, you know, as far as adjustments and, you know, your, your, your HVAC controls, your heated seat controls you right, know, and stuff right. like that. And then, you know, then, you know, on your, <clears throat> on your, your touchscreen is got your audio, your AV stuff and whatnot uh, built into that. It's a very well done mixture of the two. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that was another big kind of selling point for me personally. I don't know so much about Jessica, but for me, like that was a, a big selling point compared to a lot of its competitors, you know, even, you know, even like uh, Toyotas or GMs, you know, for comparison wise. Oh, uh, for sure, dude. Yeah. It's, a, yeah. It's, a, it's miles better in my opinion. And that's, that's not, not just being a Ford fanboy. Like, honestly, we will, I've looked at Toyotas. I've looked at the GMs and stuff and yeah, yeah. none of it. I was a big fan of. Yeah. Uh, Anyone else have any other uh, questions about the uh, Explorer? Uh, no, I can't no. wait to see it and go wheeling in it. <laughs> well, drive on over, son. I've been over there. Yeah, I know. Cost I me need a front to, splitter I need to, to put come an over there in my four wheel drive vehicle. So um, maybe <laughs> once that happens. <laughs> well, just take the the Falcon. You said it was light enough. Yeah, it, it would legit do pretty good. I I bet. Other than like 
if you have to, if I have to pull someone out, it'll just snap the transmission into 40 pieces. But <laughs> well, it, I, I'd be willing to bet that thing could go on pretty good trails for sure. The, the, I would love to see the Falcon off road without a muffler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be legit. I, I bet it would ever... start with a muffler and then end without a muffler. Mm-hmm. Did we ever discuss the muffler situation on this show? I don't think we have. Can we do a quick flashback? It's a, it's like a one minute flashback. <laughs> Wait, um, no, go ahead, go for it, go for it. Uh, okay, so, um, I think it's better told from Andy's perspective. <laughs> so, okay, right, story time again. <laughs> so this is back when I was working in Portland. I had I was coming back into Portland uh, from a job in Vancouver. Um, and I'm, this is prime, you know, traffic time. So I'm sitting in traffic, uh, coming down the 205 towards, uh, towards the exit for 84, which is back out, heads back out towards Gresham Troutdale where Jeff lives. And I'm sitting in traffic going like five miles an hour. And I hear this heinous noise coming up from behind me. I'm sitting in my truck and I hear this. It sounds like the worst Honda Civic you've ever heard with no muffler trying really hard to be heard. I'm like, where the f- is this noise coming from? And it right. lasted a while, right? And it lasted a while. I heard this car coming for like a couple minutes, right? I'm in the slow lane coming up to the exit that Jeff would normally take to get home. And all of a sudden, the exit lane is moving fine because it's going out the other direction. I'm in the slow lane. And all of a sudden, Jeff comes mobbing by me in the Falcon going like 65 through traffic. There's nobody in the exit lane. And just fucking door buzzes me into my truck. I'm like, that was Jeff. That was Jeff in the Falcon. I'm like, I, I call him and he's like yelling at me over the phone. He's like, what? I can't hear you. My muffler's out. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you just passed me in traffic. He's like, I had no fucking idea. <laughs> so, so basically, what had happened was uh, I was driving uh, home one day from work, and uh, this lady starts pointing at me, and I'm like, what? Like, uh, she's like trying to flag me down, and I'm driving, and as I'm driving, I notice like my car sounds a little different, and then like I hear this bang, and then my car is super loud out of nowhere. My muffler had rusted off right at where. The uh, where it goes into the exhaust, like the muffler, like right at the inlet to the muffler, it had rusted off. And so I had no tools with me. It did. And it had like this like little cloth hanger. Um, and I went into the store that was right there and I got a knife and I just cut that off and then threw it in my trunk. And then I drove home and I drove it like that until I could get a, an appointment to get my exhaust done for like two weeks. It was super Super obnoxious. <laughs> so loud. But it really made me want to rev it. Like at every line, I was like, bum, bum, you know, just like revving it up, you know. It was so silly. <laughs> and uh, and then I get this call from Andy, and I like I lit I like my phone is on speaker in my ear. I can't hear him. <laughs> like everything in this car is shaking because it's so fuzzy and loud. <laughs> anyway, good story. <laughs> yeah, good, good stuff. That was good stuff. Well, I, we'll go from the present and we will fast forward into the future uh, about two weeks from now. Uh, our guest, Daniel, has uh, ordered something and been waiting for it to be assembled and sent. Uh, so you got to check all the boxes and do all the all the things ahead of time. Uh, what did you order and, and uh, what are what are we looking forward to here? Uh, so while I was in Africa, I ordered 
a 21 Jeep Wrangler Unlimited Willys. And uh, I was going back and forth. So funny enough, like I was talking to Randy earlier, I listened to your guys' episode about the Bronco. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I guess to make it simple, I so I have a a, a 2013 F-150 right now um, that I've had for five years and some change. Um, and so I, I appreciate having four wheel drive, but I miss driving stick and your options are pretty limited if you want four wheel drive and stick nowadays. And so I was looking at either a Wrangler or the new Bronco and, uh, it honestly just came down to, I didn't, uh, I didn't want to wait for the, for the Bronco and I didn't necessarily want to get a first generation one. Because um, I figured, you know, you never buy the first generation. And the, the Broncos been delayed anyway till fall. So yeah. The sports are out, but the uh, regular. Well, so has my Wrangler. I was supposed to have it the week before Thanksgiving. There's actually, we've got the Broncos <clears throat> down here. But, but yeah, so Andy, I uh, sat down with the guy and ordered it and was able to get what I wanted. So this, this, uh, this, this Willys looks pretty cool, dude. I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I went with the uh, Sarge Green because I wanted to try something a little different. Hey, Ooh, I'm looking uh, at that one. So it's a you know it's a black hard top with the uh, with the dark green paint and then black wheels. Did you do the stock wheels? I'm building one right now, so I'm trying to build your car. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking too. Uh, I did go with the stock wheels, but that's just because uh, they're not gonna stay on the car very long. At a boy. Well, I, they are. They are. A, I think they're decently attractive they're kind of a uh five spoke they're not bad for stock 17s what are you what is there's 17 put on there uh so i'm going back and forth right now um logic would suggest due to warranties that because i got the extended warranty so i have a bumper to bumper three year 36 and then i have an extended powertrain warranty No year mark, just uh, seventy five thousand miles. That's pretty good. And so, um, I like having warranties; it makes my life <laughs> a lot cheaper. Uh, but they are offering a uh, Mopar two inch lift that does not take away the warranty. I, I do that, man. That seems like the safest bet. And they say that the two inch lift is actually. Um, in practice, closer to a three inch. Yeah, that'll look good. And I've seen a bunch of vehicles that have, or a bunch of Wranglers that have that. Uh, so I'm planning on doing that on 35s. Do they have any geometry correction for the four link in the rear? So I've looked at that. Um, and they do have, I'm totally spacing at the moment. I feel like if I go away from the screen that you're not going to hear me anymore. Because um, <laughs> I put all the, I, I, I did a whole parts list for it. But uh, tell you, you, you can look at uh, it. Um, here, let me kind of tell you. Folks. All right, I've got you guys in the corner. I'm gonna go look at my list. I was thinking, yeah, so, you know, it'd be kind of cool to do like an onboard winch or something, you know. And I mean, they make so much for those cars, like, you could literally buy everything you could ever want out of a catalog and have it delivered to your door and bolted on. It's super cool. Yes, that's, that's, that's one of the biggest appeals of Jeeps, in my opinion, is that you can 
buy anything you want for a Jeep to make it go go and do anything. You know, like They're a you toy. Just, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they and make it the so idea. you could bolt on an exo cage, pretty much. So yeah, there are um, you can do different things like. Uh, you can get a track bar for it, um, or adjustable track bars. Um, you can do track bar axle bracket kits and, and different things like that. I'm not sure if I, uh, the part I'm not sure about is whether or not I need it on this. I know if you jack it way up, um, then you need to, uh, you need to correct for the geometry, but I, I, I don't know as far as if you're just doing, a two-inch lift, if you on thirty-fives, if you need to do that or not, you will so, need to for a two-inch lift. You, you no, can generally just an alignment. Yeah, generally, like if you go to like a four-inch lift, you might consider doing like a drop track bar bracket or like an adjustable track bar, um, or like a drop pitman arm and a drop track bar. But but for like a two-inch, you'd be fine. Um, you know, I wouldn't. I would just. Yeah, is that a minimal? Yeah, is that a is that a radius arm front end or a four link in the front as well, or do you know? It's a leading link. Yeah, a leading link. What is that? Is that like a trailing arm or something? Uh, I I believe so. I could I could check back in. I'm not super. Mm, I have to familiar. look. It looks like a radius arm to me from the pictures, I, but I can't. I tell. do believe because there's still a straight solid, you know, front axle, right. so it must be. Because they did say they didn't change the front suspension, uh, so a lot of stuff is easier to kind of uh, adjust for. No. And on the Willy, no, there's that, yeah. It looks like it's a radius arm from the pictures, so it looks like, like, like I mean, pretty much anything that uh, has been made that's a off-road truck for the last however long. But then oh, this yeah, picture there's, here. There's a picture looks, that shows it pretty well. I do have two questions for you guys about that, though. I wouldn't put 35s yeah. on it. You wouldn't? Nope. You're going to rub. Why not? Yeah. No, if, you're not if you wanted to do some articulation, yeah. yeah. You, if you have 33s and you run the lift, you'll have some room for articulation. Yeah, because like, it, it depends on what you really want to do with it. Because, yeah, if you just do two inches, like three inches is already a stretch. Um, uh, I would, but I'm, I'm kind of of that age that, uh, you know, kind of went back against running 35s as soon as you can and uh running 33s that you have like jeff said you have some articulation because otherwise by the time you get full flex on a capable vehicle like this and then you start giving it steering angle especially because 35s 99 times out of 10 if you buy 35s you're going to get 35 12 5 wheel size and so when you get them 12 and a half inches wide uh, when you steer, they're, that's going to push them closer to your fenders. And then you end up having to cut the fenders. So unless your plans include aftermarket uh, cut fenders, 35s, though doable, I don't know. Well, I think, I bet Jeep has removable fenders. Like, I bet they make those removable. So if you wanted to go off-road, he could probably, like, unpin them or something and then just pull the fenders off. Maybe they don't look super removable in these pictures. Yeah, they, I mean and that could be an option. Maybe I don't. As know. far as articulation, like you know, at stock you have a ton of extra room, and those are thirty twos. Mm -hmm. And so, giving it a two inch lift that they say in actually, you know, actually equates to a two and a half closer to a three. Um, using the Mopar lift, which is because I'd rather do a TerraFlex lift 
um, they're three or three and a half inch, but that would, um, if I do the Mopar lift, like I said, it's a, it's a warranty issue. The, yeah. the warranty would not go away if I use the Mopar lift. You know, I'm not, I'm not a big Wrangler guy. So I would, I would say, talk to your, whoever, you know, your dealer is, that you pick it up from, they're going to do a bunch of these. And they're, well, that's they're what gonna, they offered they're gonna know. that I was looking um, when I talked to them about it the one time, uh, the lift that I had been looking at online was the one they offered me. And so they, uh, but, at, you know, two in reality, two and a half, whatever it is, um, <clears throat> going up from stock. And then the, the tires I'm looking at are actually 34.5s or not 35s. Oh, cause they're metric. Mm, well, the KO2s, the 35 KO2s are actually 34.5. Yeah, you can you can read the actual measurement on there. I don't know why they advertise them because probably because they could use less rubber and round up from a thirty-four and a half to a, to a right. thirty-five. Well, because see, on my truck, I have the Toyo MTs. Yeah, and Sipes, and I love them. Yeah, they're the, awesome. Yeah, the Toyos are good tires, but they uh, legit they've lasted me. Um, I got them less than a year after I got the truck, so I've had the tires for like four years, and I've driven them through everything, and uh, they've been amazing. But they um, they are very heavy. Yeah, they're a heavy tire, way heavier than the BFGs. Those yeah. ones are closer to eighty pounds a pop at that size, but the uh, these ones are only sixty-eight, and so there was a legitimate difference. It'd be, it'd be close to twelve pounds a tire different. That's a lot, when we, especially when you're talking rotating mass. Yeah, right. And so, and the big difference is um, at thirty-fives, I'm only losing a little bit in BG. Um. If I jump up to 37, so I get four inch on 37s, then that's significant. significant yeah, for sure. Um, and I was going to do the turbo diesel option for the motor on that, but uh, there's no manual option. There's no quick shift. That's a fail on Jeep's so, right. What? what did What did you end up getting? Because they offer a, a, a two liter. Turbo, oh, I just got the 260 liter V6, 285 horse and 260 torque. So I missed, I missed the engine. Really what was it again? It's just the 3.6 V6, just the regular. I mean, it's pretty bulletproof. They've had it forever. Um, but it's uh, uh, that was my second question, actually. Um, I was looking at doing or having them do right off the bat. Um, they have a Borla S-type cat back for it. That is a what they call the climber. Um, and it's specifically for Jeeps and they run it up around. So it doesn't, uh, it goes up above the axle and suspension. And, uh, so there's no clearance issues. Um, and it sounds actually pretty good. Um, but I thought about doing that, um, and an intake, and then they have a couple different tunes that are, (coughs) seem to be working pretty well. So I thought about doing an intake exhaust and tune. Um, on this to compensate for the lift, but I was curious what you guys thought about that. That seems pretty pretty reasonable to me. I mean, uh, if you're going to do an intake, I'd, I'd see if they have a snorkel because I mean, you're going to be taking this thing through uh, through uh, water. I'm sure, right? You're going to be wheeling the shit out of it. So, well, if you're going to yeah. replace the intake on a Jeep, you put a snorkel on. I mean, I I, I know some people go, oh, you're never going to use that, but if I'm going to spend the money, yeah, and it's not that much extra money. In reality, yeah, yeah. I mean, if if Mopar or or uh, Jeep, the dealer will actually install all of that for you and keep your warranty, then it's super worth it. 
if if you have to wait till the warranty expires, it's probably still worth it to do down the road. Well, so the way the the warranties work is whatever part you replace is no longer covered. So I have no issue with replacing the exhaust and the air intake um, because you're going to get factory warranties for those products from them. Um, the main thing I was curious about was if I'm going to tune it. Um, they've yeah. seen some decent results, actually, on the tunes. Um I could legitimately with those three mods, um, I'd be looking at 315 or 320 at the crank. The the biggest concern I'd have is the tech writer that's going to be there or whoever is going to be doing your service is going to say, well, your tune caused your catalytic converter to go bad or yeah. your tune right. caused your camshaft to wear out prematurely or, you I, know, I they're going to. Any of that if it voided the warranty at all. Yeah. Like, other than that one part. Because, yeah, if, if you <clears throat> do an intake and then they try to not cover your whole engine from that, and <laughs> l- looking at the engine design, it's they were smart because they used this Pentastar and everything, but this one specifically, the the intake pipe is at the top of the engine. The alternator, they relocated to the top of the engine. So they already did a good job of putting a lot of stuff uh, out of harm's way. Uh, so that's just, that's good engineering, uh, for once, uh, in any engineer's life. So I wouldn't worry (laughs) too much about (laughs) it, but yeah, as, as long as if they want to say, Hey, we won't cover your intake, that's cool. But then if they say that also means we won't cover your throttle body, which means we won't cover your manifold, which means the pistons, which means the heads, which be like, make sure it's not a cascading. Oh, now you're extended warranty that you paid for for your your powertrain <laughs> no longer covers your suspension your engine your transmission your axles right yeah and, and that's what i'm trying to avoid obviously um but the uh which like i said it is why i would be going with the mopar lift in the first place which would be my second choice in reality but uh from, from talking to them and from what I've seen online, uh, it looks like it's just those specific parts. Um, if you replace a part, that part's no, uh, no longer covered under warranty, which is great. That's fine. Um, you know, Borla has a warranty for their exhaust system if I put it on there mm-hmm. um, for that climber <coughs> that, that is, you know, tucked up out of the way, um, which is part of the reason why I want it because there's, there's going to be no clearance issues and, and, and different things like that. Uh, but maybe I just don't do the tune. Maybe I just do an intake and exhaust. Maybe, you know, um, that's not what I'm looking at right now. Because, uh, and then the other part of that is do I have the dealership installed at all, or do I have, um, or I was kind of curious if you guys knew any good aftermarket shops where I might take it. Uh, I wouldn't recommend anybody but the dealer uh, for aftermarket stuff, either, either your fingers or the dealer. Uh, Same. Every every aftermarket shop that I've talked or had people go to uh, have had issues, um, including, you know, uh, I wouldn't say myself, but I've had issues with mechanics in the past. So I've, I used to know people, but the problem is that with, you know, small shops, you know, I'm all for supporting small wrenching shops because that's, you know, it's part of the economy. We need to keep going. But if you haven't used them in the past three years, their texts come yeah. and go and management changes so quickly sometimes 
that I haven't used anyone recently enough to give uh, any any real um, any for sure answers. Uh, I mean, back in the day, I used to know two shops that were good and three that you should never go near. But now, who knows? Yeah. Right. So yeah, at, least, you want me to bring at least the dealer you is, you know, you'll have uh, <clears throat> uh, Fiat Chrysler to, to back you up for, you know, right. the entire, for as long as they exist, you'll have Fiat Chrysler which, to... Which might not be long. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Jeep will be going out of business anytime soon. I really can't imagine FCA will either. Jeep, I mean, Jeep is a huge cash cow. Uh, they, yeah. they sell like crazy. That's a massive, yeah. massive company with a massive market. And honestly, vehicle sales, even through the pandemic, have been crazy. So I don't really see them going anywhere unless they completely mismanage their accounts yeah. or something. But, Jeep's super safe. Yeah. yeah, Jeep is pretty safe. And and honestly, dude, like, I mean, in, in four years, three years, whenever the warranty expires, you can just go hog wild on it, you know, get your, get your you know, eight inch lift with your 37s. You know, uh, lock it. Oh, there's a supercharger kit, and I'm looking. Yeah, I mean, it puts uh, 350 to the wheels on a Jeep. You can, um, you can turbo those the, uh, No, I will. Uh, I'll try to bring it by. I could. I doubt everything's going to happen right away. I'll probably get it, and then I'll probably have to order um, the wheels because I'm going to do some method wheels and some other stuff. Um. So I'll, if I have it for a little while stock, I'll try to bring it by. Sorry, Andy, I'm not coming to Idaho, but <laughs> if you come out, you can drive it. But the uh, I was there last week out there, so uh, so so Jeff and Randy can drive it stock before we get it. Andy came out years ago, um, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll have we'll have to go on a a trip. I uh, I've been I've been looking at some different light overlanding trips. I mean, hey guys, I'm taking a Beamer out there, so very light. Overlanding trip. Very light. Uh, I, I, I've been looking at building a vehicle that I can literally go over anything, and you're like, oh, I'm just going to go on some gravel logging roads. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what I'm capable of. I got the dirt bike if I want to get nuts. Uh, I, I have, I don't know about you guys. I have one more question for Daniel. I, I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, you know, you are sing, single guy. And you know all the all the money to burn. Why why didn't you just order a Rub- Rubicon three ninety two? So uh, I looked at that. I knew you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this I, is, I asked because it's not a uh, joke. It's a real custom, question. <laughs> I also looked at custom ordering a GT three fifty. Oh, also also a good choice. Um, that would have been an amazing choice. However, uh, as I'm currently sitting, I decided to not buy a house. So I'm, um, I've got a nice townhouse and it's, it's great, but, um, my patrol car goes in the garage. So, and it's a single car garage. Um, so I decided that whatever I was buying right now needed to be something that left outside is going to be fine. And, uh, I'm not going to, um, so that cut out sports cars. And then as far as, um, I looked at the Rubicons and it was, if I remember correctly, it was 8,000 and some change, um, more like I've got a 44 in the back, uh, for my Willys. 
but I don't have it in front. I'm blanking on the number. It's you have a 30. Dana, 30. And it's a Dana. It's a Dana 30. It's a 30. Yeah, got that in the front. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of like the Willys has a couple of the Rubicon parts. Um, it just doesn't have all of them. And me being in the Army, I like the idea of the Willys. And so um, that kind of spoke to me a little bit. And I like it. Uh, so I, I decided not to go to the Rubicon. Um, in all reality, this is going to be a pavement princess 95% of the time. <laughs> Come here, Except when you go uh, over landing with us. Yep. Right. right. On those I ever have trails. Off-road? Yes. Is it going to see off-road? Yes. Um, but is it going to see that enough often? No. And so... Are you keeping the 150 as well? It, I don't need the Rubicon. And, and, and so being able to get this um, for at the end of the day, close to 10000 less than what it would have been for the Rubicon, um, that's worth it to me. It's not, uh, it, it wasn't worth it to me. Yeah, they, I get that. And grand. You have the specs that I do on a Rubicon. That's the Rubicon. But what about, um, there's something I put in, in our notes there's a Rubicon 392. Yes. So they put that big 6.4 liter Hemi in it. And that's, Jeez. that's actually production. Because everyone knows they put, the really? Hel- they put the Hellcat in one. But the 6.4 is actually like available. It's supposed to be this month. Which as... Well, that wasn't the Hellcat just a, like a prototype deal? But I also don't want to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> It would be, I know it would be like the GT350 of Jeeps. No, no, no. That'd be the elephant. <laughs> yes. But the thing is, the GT350 has all of the components, the brakes and the suspension and everything else to handle the power that it has. So I probably wouldn't kill myself. Uh, in a Jeep with a 392, I might kill myself. Yeah, but so, you know, yeah, when you put the flashers on at 150 miles an hour beating Andy... On Highway 26, you know, I, I think that probably would be worth it. So I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna rub this a little bit with. Uh, I don't need to in my Jeep. I don't think Jeff has room to talk about anything one 100 miles an hour plus right now. Oh, I could do 100. I've done it. <laughs> How many miles? Too many. Two of my vehicles have done that that I own right now. I can go 100. <laughs> and then you still have the Falcon, Jeff? I do have the Falcon. That's awesome. That thing's my my champ. Yeah, that is the only three on the tree I've ever driven. Oh yeah, yeah, you did drive it, huh? I did. Yeah, that's I a love that that's thing. A, It's a sweet little ride, isn't it? <laughs> that thing's pretty awesome. I love it. You have to see the uh, Chevy. I have not seen the Chevy yet. Yeah, you'll have to drive that when you're uh, when you're better. Well, when I get the Jeep, I'll bring it out and we can do a little trade these. Okay. <laughs> It doesn't have traction control, though, so you, you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I can't drive it. That's true. <laughs> it's right foot traction control. I wouldn't know what to do with a new vehicle, though. I'd probably, like, have to program it and figure out what all the buttons do. I'd have to download be, an app You'd be getting a patina wrap, like, day one. Yeah. So I did get a few options on it like that. I got the electronic package, so I have four buttons that are pre-wired. 
So if I want to put a light bar on it, oh nice, that's nice, dude. And then got the tone package, so it comes with a hitch and everything else. Well, that that sounds like a show to me, guys. Uh, we could, we we could we could keep going, and we've got you know there's stuff in the news uh, that was actually interesting this week, but I was more interested to talk about uh, past, present, and future. All right, well, this brings us to the end of our 32nd episode of Garage Night. Uh, thank you for listening. Follow us on uh, Instagram at Garage Night or email us at tinydogpodcastnetwork at outlook.com and check out our other family shows at tinydogpodcast.com. Yeah, feedback is always welcome. Uh, any of the avenues you get your podcasts from, uh, quick ratings, reviews, uh, anything and everything else, uh, it's always appreciated. And uh, without a further ado from all of us, including our guest for the night, Daniel, uh, we'd like to wish you a very good night. Good night, y'all. Good night, everybody. And you stay classy. Thank you for listening to the Garage Night Podcast. A special thanks for Jeff Tracy and Annie Tamlin for joining the show this week. Until next week, keep turning wrenches. Um, you know, what about the VW Jet Bar? Oh, that was that was last week. Um, yeah, there was a uh, a Volkswagen Beetle we talked about last week that has a jet engine in it. So you can click on that link. And- oh, that was in the notes. Yeah, it's in the notes. I was excited about that. Oh, because well, I don't know if the link is still good, but nope. This is a a good point to uh, to prove of uh, you know listening to all the episodes and being current. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get current. I've only listened to the Bronco episode thus far. Uh, That's just like most heated episode. You gotta listen to me be a, a whiny little Jeff like- about it. <laughs> Jeff, to be honest, I almost got the Bronco. Yeah, Shoot. it would have been at least good to see one in person so I could have ragged on you super hard. <laughs> I was looking at a Badlands. That's what I was. There's a Badlands, a four door Badlands here that I was looking at too that was pretty nice. <laughs> It's a nice vehicle. <laughs> Jessica's like, ha! Ah. No. I liked it. I bet Jessica would have drove a Badlands. No, she won't touch. She's with. She's the one that's with with you, Jeff. She won't touch a Bronco.